So what, we watch anime So what, we play League We're just having fun We don't care who sees So what, we stay in It don't bother me Living young, pale and nerdy So what, we watch anime So what, we play League Hello and welcome to the Reading Entertainment Podcast, episode 45 for March 13th, 2016. With me this week we have Parallax Abstraction, also known as Jerry Corcoran. Hello. Uh, we have Connor Nemesis Besh. Howdy. My my brain had a fart right there, I couldn't remember who you were. I'm no one important anyways. No. And we have, of course, with us, like every week, Andrew Aroa, Andrew Aroa McFain. Except for like three or four different weeks in particular. No, nope, yeah, everyone. I mean, every single week you've been here. Those other ones don't count. Just All because right. you were under Nathan's desk does not mean you weren't present. <laughs> yeah. oh. as, long as, as long as those days count. Okay, good. <laughs> so, we'll start out by, of course, saying, you know, I'm Nathan Reiton Spruth, host of the podcast. We also start out by asking people what games they've been playing. So... Jerry, what games have you been playing this week? I, I'm straight up excited for this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a ton different from the last time I was on. Uh, I actually finished up the uh, following DLC for Dying Light, um, which was good, but it got... It starts really well, but it kind of gets tiring after a while. The whole driving the buggy around thing to have to travel everywhere gets a little boring. But, so it's uh, like the actual game. Ah, I actually really love Dying Light. It was one of my favorite games last year. So this still has enough of that to make it worthwhile for me. But yeah, it's you have to have really liked the game already or the, the DLC won't sell you on it, that's for sure. Um, and I did another batch uh, of read-only memories uh, stuff this week for my channel, which is actually going to start going up tonight. Uh, I haven't finished it yet, but um, I think I'm well on my way. I think there's six chapters in it, and I think I'm in the fourth. So uh, that's going pretty well. And uh yeah, I actually have an unopened copy of The Division sitting on my desk because I've been working on building a new PC this week, which has been more of a journey than I planned on. So uh, I've spent a lot of my time doing that. <laughs> yeah, we, we've been watching your Twitter. Ugh, yeah, it's been it's been fun. I They call me Jerry the Bug Magnet for a reason, and that's that I tend to bring out the worst in products sometimes. And uh, that has definitely been the case here, but... Uh, I figured out the problems and I got new parts on the way that will that will sort that out. So didn't um, have a RAM? I, wasn't it a RAM issue? Well, it was two issues. So I bought RAM that uh, I won't go into too much detail because it'll bore the shit out of people. But basically, I bought RAM for this machine, very high end memory that was supposed that was on the list of being compatible with the motherboard that I bought, but. Basically, if you clock the RAM to the speed that they actually advertise on the box, the machine isn't stable. Um, oh, good. And I, I had this problem. It's it's G-Skill memory, and I had this problem with G-Skill RAM when I tried to upgrade the RAM in my current machine before as well. I had the exact same problem. Uh, and the RAM's not defective. Like, it passes tests. It just, uh, G-Skill just doesn't have the quality control, clearly, of other brands. I mean, they're cheaper, and it's clear there's a reason for that. So I've learned my lesson. I've been fooled twice, so I'm not buying them anymore. I switched to Corsair RAM, which is right now working a jig. And uh, the other annoying thing was that I bought a Cooler Master Neptun 240M uh, closed-loop cooler for the CPU, which because I plan to overclock it. Um, yeah, lots of fun with that one. So 
as soon as I started it up, I noticed the pump was noisy, which is a common problem. And I was like, well, that friggin sucks, but okay, I can deal with that. Yeah. It also turns out that the reason the pump is noisy is because it doesn't work properly. <laughs> because uh, if you put the CPU under load, even when it's not overclocked, it gets so hot that it throttles itself. Oh, good. So I'm like, well, okay, that doesn't work. And it turns out I actually had a hard time finding a Neptun, but I bought them because oddly enough, they were well reviewed. And um, I actually can't get another one to replace it because I discovered that recently Cooler Master, if you can believe this, lost a patent lawsuit in the United States and they're not allowed to sell any of their liquid cooling kits in North America anymore. Oh, good. What? Yep. Really? Uh, if you actually go to their website and look in their liquid cooling section, all their kits say not available in USA. Wow. Uh, they're only allowed to be sold in Europe and Asia now. But, so, you're, but, but I want to stress this. You're not in the USA. No, but it, 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 the patents, Canada shares patent legislation with the U.S., so what they can't sell there, they can't sell here either. Oh, oh God. Uh, it to... turns out I bought one of the last ones that a supplier happened to have in stock. Uh, so I'm going to return it, and I've instead ordered a Noctua DH-15, which is actually an air cooler, but apparently Noctua makes really good stuff, and this is so high quality that it actually cools better than most liquid kits on the market. And it's basically silent. Like oh, there's nice. no pump. The fans are quieter. So it will actually be quieter and cool better. And it was 50 bucks cheaper. <laughs> awesome. So, so it always works out. So, you know, when I build computers, uh, which is about every year or two, I mm -hmm. use Corsair. Like I always use Corsair products. Like, I used to be a big fan of Corsair, and then they had a couple of years where their build quality got really bad. I had to, a couple of their cases that were really rattly, including the one I'm using now. And um, I had some of their RAM. I had one set of RAM where, like, all the heat spreaders basically fell off. Oh, that's that's good. <laughs> uh, but they seem to have changed themselves around because <laughs> the last few Corsair things I bought have been much, much better. So they, uh, I mean, manufacturers do that. They they have every, almost every hardware maker has good and bad years. Um, but Corsair seems to have gotten their act together. And actually, this RAM that I bought... Uh, I was actually able to put it on a second XMP profile that actually clocks it up higher than the advertised speed on the box, and it's still rock solid. Oh, nice. So, Good. There you have it. So, well worth it. Good job on them for that. Yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> I ain't buying G-Skill anymore, that's for sure. It's not worth the fact that it's cheaper for all the headaches. Right. My case... Yeah, my case is Corsair. RAM is Corsair. Uh, power supply is Corsair. Yeah, their power supplies yeah. are good. Their power supplies are great. Like Yeah, I like them. And they're they're the power supplies where you pick them up and you're like, yeah, this is this is a good power supply because it weighs like five ten pounds. Yeah, a lot of their power supplies are actually re rebadged uh, Seasonic and Seasonic. They make the power supply I have in this computer now. Seasonic stuff is really really good. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I've got a Corsair mechanical keyboard as well that I'm quite pleased with. Oh, I don't have one of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they seem to have got their groove back. They seem to be making pretty good stuff now. Stella got her groove back. Um, yep. Was that was that the name of the movie? Did I get the name of the movie right? I think you, I think you got it right. Oh, good. I don't know because I never watched the movie. No, me no neither. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's let's move on. Connor, what games have you been playing? I'm almost embarrassed to admit it. It's been a mobile game. <laughs> oh, so, no, what games uh, can have I you guess? Been playing? Can I guess what it is? <laughs> yeah. Is it Clash Royale? No, God, no. It's uh, oh, a wow, robot. I'm surprised because that's what everyone else is raving about. 
Yeah, that's one of the reasons I'm not playing it. I, yeah, if, me too. <laughs> if a part of a game being fun is everyone else needs to play it, it's probably not that fun to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I, I do have some big changes that are totally not relevant to the podcast here. Um, I'm losing my job here in the next couple of weeks. What? Oh. So, uh, uh, is it just end of the term thing, or? It, it's kind of related. I can't okay. afford another semester right now, so I need to take a couple of months and just you know, make a dragon horde out of my mattress. And until then, I can't be legally employed by the university. So I, I work for them separately from being a student, but because I don't have a degree, it's no longer legitimate. Oh. Uh, so um, I, I've also made a mistake the other night where uh, I, I can't just kind of turn around and start looking for another job for another, you know, three to ten days, depending on what medical professional you speak to uh, because it was a green holiday in Chicago and there were green things happening that I may or may not have inhaled with so I need to wait for this to get out of my system before I go back oh oh, oh. so um, anyways the reason I bring this up is because I was at one of them there. <laughs> yes, yes oh that's what it is okay I wasn't sure I, I was at one of them he had on a salad, and he was worried that the salad had poppy seeds in it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, as these events were conspiring, I decided I'm bored, and if you've ever followed me on Twitter, you know my complete disdain for party people. So I downloaded some retro apps, and it was my goal for that night to get everyone playing with me. You know, in direct, uh, uh, in directly the opposite of what I said earlier. And I got an entire party, so probably 40 people, to each of them re-download and start playing Robot Unicorn Attack 2. Good. Oh, I, and I never played those. I really should. They're, they're not good. They're just... It's good to do if you're killing time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, like being at a social outing and wanting nothing to do with anyone. Perfect. Yeah, it, so it's a, it, it's, yeah, so it's a good mobile game in that case, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, Battlefield, which I say about every other week, so I'm not going to really go into a diatribe about that. Four, I take it, or? Yeah. No, okay. just just Battlefield. Yeah. The original, 1942. Yep. I'm a retro gamer, baby. Uh, and Oro, what games have you been playing? Well, I'm trying to play Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth, I but... saw that. I saw you log in, like, on Steam, like, literally two seconds ago, get onto it. Yeah, and my controller won't work with it, so that's annoying. Okay. Um, but otherwise, um, other than the regular Rainbow Six and also some Rocket League, uh, I've been. I like how he doesn't invite me to play Rainbow Six with him. Hey, if if you see me there, you can just. I don't just... log on to UPlay. It's not on UPlay. It's on Steam. But that was on UPlay. No, I have it all on. All it Uplay. does is all if it's on Steam, all it does is run UPlay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, other than the regular shit, I've been playing, uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, because oh, yeah. I ah, never finished yes. it. Such a good game, that. Such a bad yep. name. And it's, it um, <laughs> I'm playing it with a Steam controller, and hmm. it was really, really awkward until I decided to look at the community, uh, controller bindings, and the... For some reason, the the Steam community really likes to 
tie attacks to left trigger and right trigger. Because um, I was playing a hmm. different game that uh, I think I think they did that with Killer is Dead. Maybe no, it was uh, Dynasty Warriors. Dynasty yeah. Warriors. They made they made the attacks left trigger and right trigger on that one as well. And uh, it was kind of weird at first, but it really works a lot better with the uh, Steam controller than it would with like an Xbox controller, just because of where the buttons are on the Xbox controller. Right. So, and I've been playing that, and uh, yeah, it's just as good as I remember it being. So good. I mean, yeah, that I'll, whole I, thing with the community profiles is one of the things. Like, I've had no real, uh, you know, interest in getting a Steam controller, but the one thing about it that I do find really cool is those community profiles and how like easy it is to to make use of those and how they can sort of change stuff up i kind of yeah i i kind of wish someone would make a utility slash site like that for the traditional controllers as well because that would be pretty cool so i like the steam controller uh my gripe with it is you have to use steam big picture mode pretty much oh okay not so it has to be big picture not even like standard pc screen steam yeah, so if you if you load up a game without it being in big, big picture mode, then you can't access the community uh, bindings and everything. Oh, you can't use the overlay. Oh. Yeah, you can't use that overlay. So mm. I I'm hoping that a future update fixes that so you can because I don't like putting it into big picture mode all the time. No, but especially uh, when you're on a monitor. Yeah, like, <laughs> and you're trying yeah. to stream, and it's it's weird. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really hurt anything. It's just it's just a little bit of a gripe that I have. But other than that, I like the Steam controller. But I I have an Xbox controller plugged in too, just in case, because sometimes the Steam controller just doesn't work, or it just doesn't feel right when you're playing a game. So it's nice to have that Xbox One controller there too. Yeah, and yeah. games are. Games are designed around the Xbox controller more often than than not. So, right. uh, does the Steam it, controller generally work with anything that supports like X input, like a? Yeah, or, yeah. It it actually okay. is. Uh, it, it's recognized as an X input device by most games. Oh, good. Yeah. So, and you can create your own. So, if if there's no bindings available, or if it's a game that you like, nobody actually really plays or anything, and you just hop onto it. You can set up your own bindings for it and, and make it work. Yeah, it um it it also has several uh, templates that you can use just for for most games. Like there's a there's a shooter template and uh, there's one for if you're playing like an RTS or something. Um, and they they work pretty well. Most games default to uh, to one of those uh, unless the developer has actually made a Steam controller binding themselves Which doesn't really happen very often but yeah there there are a couple there's um i think fallout does it uh a fallout 4 and um there was a, an indie game that i played that uh that had it but other than that yeah um and then I imagine that's stuff. something we'll probably start to see more on newer titles if it's easy enough to do and uh yeah uh, you know, at least if you know, at least if they're able to 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 do it, or they can get at least with indie games, if they don't have to buy the controller to do it, that'd be good. I'm sure bigger studios will just do it themselves. But I'm trying to get a road to write a review of it, but he won't do it. I'm just lazy. I know. Um, XCOM Two actually only supports the Steam controller in terms of controllers. That's so, right. Yeah. Yeah. 
And That's honestly, weird. I I kind of get that. Um, just because the menus, like, the menus would be really annoying to navigate with a controller, I think, um, in I, some situations. I kind of want XCOM 2, but I know I'd play it for like 10 hours and get bored. I'm just going to get it whenever it's part of like some really big sale or a humble bundle like I did with the original. That sounds yeah. sounds like a good I got idea. it at launch on a cheap pre-order promo and I actually haven't played it yet because it uh it it, it had so many performance problems and glitches and stuff. I was like, oh, "I'll wait for two or three big patches first. Right. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like kind of like Fallout 4, I think. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Fallout 4 had so many issues. I still played it and loved it, but it had so many issues. Uh, so have you been playing anything else, Aurora, or is that it? Yeah, we can move on. Okay, I have been playing uh, WWE 2K16 and Binding of Isaac. Skipping through the WWE one, because you guys don't care about that. Um, and then also... What do you th- I, I'm actually curious a little bit. Like, I'm not a wrestling guy either, but is how... I, I, just based on some of the other buzz I've heard about it, like, how is that for you as a WWE game? Uh, like, as someone who can appreciate wrestling, like, how is it as a game? So, I actually really like it. Uh, I'm kind of the worst person to ask because I do like wrestling, so uh, mm. I, I just, I like most of the games. So, it's actually very technically a good game. There are some, you know, collision errors or, like, I I did a move at someone's feet and, like, it transported me to, like, his head and did a, a upper body move. And I was like, that's weird. <laughs> Just um, like real life. <laughs> but, I mean, there are little things in it that have been added that are really cool. So I pinned somebody near the ropes, and they put their hand up to grab the rope for a rope break. Uh, and the referee didn't was in the wrong position, so they couldn't see the hand. So he just counted the three, and I won the match. So I thought that mm. was pretty cool, because it has it so, like, you, if you're, like, grabbing the ropes to get a rope break, you have to be in line of sight of the referee. So uh, I love how like hmm. more realistic the games are than actual wrestling. <laughs> uh not sure, the you know. not the other wrestling game I played this week though. Uh and that's and that's what I was wanting to kind of rush through the other two and get to. Uh, Which is Mike Tyson's punch out. Yes, that res- <laughs> that wrestling most realistic. <laughs> uh <laughs> I played tag team muscle. Tag Team Match Muscle for the NES. I don't know oh. if any of you guys watched the uh, the YouTube video I did on that. I nope. actually uh, haven't yet, not. but it's on my list to watch tonight. Um, actually, I have to say, uh, out of all the reviews I've ever done, I think this is my uh, best and, and most well-edited one. So I'm happy cool. with that. I will have to watch it. Um, yeah, definitely. That game is fucking terrible. Well, it's based on <laughs> best Ultimate review, muscle. worst game. No, it's not Ultimate Muscle. It's based off the original Muscle. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was, that's the that's the name of the franchise. It's just Muscle. Yeah. Or oh, um, of... it's actually not. It's named Muscle in the United States. It's actually Kinekunman or something like that. Uh, yeah. In but, in mean... Japan, and it's yeah. a it's a manga and anime, and and obviously they made some games. Uh, but it's really bad. Like, there's no music. <laughs> They're, the sound effects are awful. Uh, the characters Jeez, are spoilers. The characters are all the same, and it's just an arcade mode. So you just wrestle until you lose, basically, and then you start over again and you do the same thing. And uh, if you want to, you can go to my YouTube, and my YouTube is written, and watch the YouTube video and see 
why I think it's a bad game. Uh, next week I will be reviewing Tecmo, uh, Techno Tag Team, Techno Wrestling, something like that. Uh, again on the NES, my part of my nine-part series of wrestling games on the NES. Because I hate myself. That's basically the gist of it. So, uh, and then after that, I don't know what I'm reviewing. So I don't know what I'm going to do after after my nine-part series. And the the bad thing about it is, that's not even the worst wrestling game on the NES. No, there was a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, the next one, so uh, the per- first one I did was with Pro Wrestling last week. Uh, that's actually a fairly good game. Uh, it's technically sound. Uh, muscle is pretty awful, and then from what I understand, Tecmo Wrestling is actually the best wrestling game for the NES. And then after that, it just goes way downhill. So, uh, but I want to do the uh, non-licensed wrestling games. So, Muscle, uh, Tecmo, and then just Pro Wrestling, and then get into like WCW and WWF games. And go into yeah, that. Tecmo did a lot of uh, a lot of their sort of unlicensed sports stuff on the NES was really good. You know, I mean, Tecmo Bowl is the obvious one, but they yeah. I think they did a few other things that were generally well revered. Right, and and Tecmo was a pretty decent company back in the eighties and nineties, mm-hmm. uh, and and they I think then they have some games for the Super Nintendo that are pretty decent as well. Yeah, they did. Well, they've had a yeah, they've had a a, a large number of uh, stuff over the years for kind of for just about everything. I think they've been around a long time. Did they do an ice hockey game? I think so. I, I can't remember the name of it if they did, but I want to say they did. It wasn't Blades of Steel, was it? No, that was Konami. Okay, because I love that game, but yeah. I never finished a match. No. Because I would just yeah, run into I just, people. I, I just remember we, my friends and I, love Blades of Steel because yeah, it actually had like it actually simulated the like brawling part of hockey. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> you I got do like is... this mini fighting game when two guy two guys got into it. Right, that was my favorite part too. So mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna front load this podcast, by the way, just like we did last time. We're gonna front load it with crap and then kind of go from there. Uh, a lot of bad stuff has happened this week. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to talk about something we talked about last week, Anita Sarkeesian and Feminist Frequency. So, I, so, I don't want to. So they're ending tropes versus women. <laughs> now, okay. is that actually what they're doing? I've heard people speculate that, but have they actually said that they're doing that? So from, from what I understand, she has said that this will be the final season of Tropes versus Women. So they will have um, two seasons at about eight episodes, I think. So four episodes a season, I think is what it's, it's in them being. Um, and she has only done, so they were supposed to do like five different videos. But my thing is she has done, I think two of the videos that she promised to do within six months. And she has done them in two years or something like that. But she's still nowhere near fulfilling the goals of the Kickstarter, right. the original Kickstarter for that. Right. And that's what I'm saying is like her original Kickstarter was she wanted $6,000 to make six videos, five was, videos, something like that. Something like that. And then it and it went up to what was it 12 or something with stretch goals? Yeah, it went up to like 12 videos and she's done three of them. And she's made on the Kickstarter she made $200,000 or something. Or a hundred. Yeah, like well exceeded, yeah. well exceeded. And mm. so, but it it blows my mind that she 
has a not been able to fulfill that promise because I mean the videos that she makes aren't very well researched. So yeah, and the production values on them are not poor, but they're also fairly basic. Yeah, I mean they're like you. There are YouTubers who put out content, you know, multiple times a week that are, are of similar bar of quality production wise. Right. Not no one in this chat, but other people. Mm -mm. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, just to just to name a few off the top of my head, like I know Cat Icarus makes uh, three videos a week. Um, you know, they're I'm, all of higher quality than anything she puts out. Yeah, I make. I, I mean, mine aren't as high of a quality. I would say because I don't have as nice of a camera or anything. But um, also, you're ugly. Yeah, also I'm ugly, and she's she. You know, she wears makeup and stuff because she's a a. A weird woman who is feminist, but she still wants to look really, really pretty. Um, hey, women wear makeup for themselves, not for men. Right. Um, some of them do. I will agree that some of them do. I don't think she does. It's it's obviously an appearance thing. I'm speaking mostly in jest. I know. Uh, but you know, I make I make a video a week right now, and that'll probably slow down a little bit after I get done with the the nine videos and nine weeks uh but you know a video a week and honestly the videos that she makes that are 15 minutes long like if i had two hundred thousand dollars to make videos i could make 12 videos showing how women are sexualized in media that were a lot better than what she's making in my opinion just yeah. because we could actually sit because i actually play video games I think that's part of it, and I could say, "Hey, this is what happened, like Dead or Alive, because Dead or Alive has really weird jizzle physics." Jizzle uh, physics? Jizzle physics? Well, I, I mean, you one. could call them that. Jiggle <laughs> physics, but you know, whoops. Look at one thing leads to another. Yeah, but anyway, uh, they're starting a new Kickstarter campaign. It's not Kickstarter. It is um, seed, seed and spark. Yeah, which is a film-focused crowdfunding site, right? And that's the new the new thing is to make a crowdfunding site that only focuses on one particular type of media, right? Like Fig, yeah, uh, yeah. But they're starting a one that part of me is like, okay, this makes sense that they would make a they would make videos about this, um, but you can just fucking go to Wikipedia <laughs> and get all the information that they're looking for. So it's ordinary women. <laughs> Daring to defy history. All of this money is for post-production. Post-production? Yes. That is okay. that is actually what it says on the page, is they want $200,000 for post-production. Oh, yeah, you're right, for post-production. So just for editing. Yeah, well, editing and, you know, probably motion graphics and other stuff like that, but yeah. Shit that probably doesn't cost $200,000 to put together. Especially if you're editing it yourself. Are they paying an editor like $50,000 a year or something? Post-production, according to them, is 44% of their budget. Animation, editing, and mastering. What was so, their... Uh, and ma you're doing a series for YouTube. You don't need mastering. No. <laughs> uh, Does YouTube will ruin it anyway. <laughs> $20,000 is all they have put into the rest of of the series. Uh-huh. So they're going to put oh, 10 times the amount of money into post-production. 15% of their budget is just going into running this campaign. What? 
What? That, that is actually, yeah. Yeah. 15% seed and spark fees, credit card processing fees, backer kit fees, campaign staff, and campaign production. So I'm sorry. If, does that maybe include physical backer rewards? You'd think they would have said that, but. So that's uh, 25? No. Is rewards that... is 19%. So is that $30,000, if my math is correct? Something like that. 15% My, my of... math isn't correct, so I don't. 15% of 200000 would be $30,000. Yeah, which is all just about what they've raised at this point. That's another interesting thing in the, is that unless this has a massive rally near the end, which, you know, knowing this person's way to control the message may very well happen. Um, this is not funding not only nearly as this is not only ne not nearly funding as quickly as Tropes versus Women did. But at this rate, if unless it rallies at the end, there's a good chance this won't make its goal. Good. It's it's very like it's been open for over a week now, and it's only at thirty three thousand, and it's only gone up like less than twenty thousand in most of this week. So it's tracking slowly. <laughs> yeah, usually the first. Sorry, Euro. Usually the first day or two is the big spark, like you can see. Yeah, and the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. were we saying, Euro? Sixty eight thousand dollars have gone are supposed to go entirely into the rewards. And the campaign. That's and I mean, I guess I want. I'm curious. Like, I wonder how this is being pitched because, other than the the usual websites who talk about every time she sneezes, I've most of the information that I've seen of this has come from places that are opposed to it. Like, I don't know. Like, are they doing a big marketing thing for it, or I I, I don't know how. I, I'm curious what that's when they say going towards the campaign. I wonder in what context. Going towards a new Sarkeesian's bank account? I don't... Someone needs well, to pay the, for the, all that She's box already for. getting the... I don't know if you saw this. There was a leak uh, <laughs> recently that got corrected in an article. $20,000? Uh, $20,000 every time she speaks somewhere. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why? Uh, yeah. Just for her to say, oh, yeah, uh, guys are sexist. Just for her to say, the internet's bad, y'all. <laughs> yeah, the internet's bad, and you need to fucking... Seriously... It does not yeah. take $20,000 to look up fucking information like this. No. Nope. That's, no. that's, I mean, they... you see, this is the thing, right? Like, it, there's been some people who've been saying about this campaign, and I'm kind of, I kind of agree with them, is that to a degree, is that, you know, this, the idea of this series is a little bit more interesting because it looks like it's going to be talking about people throughout history as opposed to drawing conclusions about current aspects of popular culture or something like that, which are often founded on cherry picking and BS. So right. there's something better than that. And a lot of people who who are not fans of hers are saying, well, this is kind of good because if she's canceling the rest of tropes versus women and then moving into this then that means she's getting out of she's going to start talking less about video games and hopefully leaving video games the hell alone which i'm kind of like absolutely no please go talk about that i'd be happy but i'd be happy for you to do that but the problem with this that i see is they'll do even less research on this because all they have to do is just go to a fucking wikipedia page and grab a history textbook like yeah and it's not like they're doing any actual work. I know, I know Matt, like editing the videos and stuff like that, that takes time, but it's not. It does take time. And if you're having someone do it for you to make it look good, it does take money, but yeah. <laughs> you know, 
at the same time, I don't it's know if it takes a hundred thousand dollars ish. No, well, no. it's about eighty thousand, I think, at forty four percent. And whatever. I mean, I personally, for me, like, yeah, if people want to fund this thing, I mean, it looks like they kind of don't. But if they do, <laughs> you know, if they do, you know, whatever, it's your money. Do what you know, throw it at whatever thing you want. But the one silver lining I would say is that if she chooses to turn feminist frequencies media output more towards something like this and leaves video games alone, then I consider that a win of sorts. Yeah, uh, I'm sure she won't entirely because slagging on video games and the trolls within it is obviously how she's built herself to this point already. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that she is backing away from tropes versus women to me is maybe an indication that she just feels that this either that either it's not worth continuing to rag on this medium or that maybe it just hasn't evoked the change in the industry that she wanted it to right because you know the, the games press talks about her and the massive impact she's having and everything else but they're the only ones saying hmm. that yeah, yeah. and I mean, i've always said you know how how significant is the true real world impact that she's had and frankly i don't think it's very big and i think maybe she's realizing yeah you know i've squeezed all i can out of this particular lemon so maybe it's time to find another one in which right. case yes please if we if i can start reading websites and stop friggin' hearing about every time she friggin' sneezes. I am all for that. <laughs> right. And I, I personally just, I honestly wish that we were big enough to, or, or in a position where we could actually sit down and just try to have a conversation with Anita Sarkeesian just to be like, what, seriously, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, yeah. Like, like, I would just love an opportunity to ask her questions about the stuff. Like, I wouldn't be hostile about it. I don't really no. have any particular hostility towards her in that respect. I would just love to be able to sit and question her on her actual motivations and her research in particular and just be like, look, as someone who has played nearly everything you have ripped apart, you know, can you answer the following things for me? Right. But she's purposely avoided doing that because she knows she can't hold up to that scrutiny. I, I, right. I do believe that. Yeah. I mean, she's made it so that whenever she appears on a show, um, cause I've seen, she was on Stephen Colbert before. Yep. Um, or the Colbert report. Mm. And, you know, they didn't really ask her anything, you know, any hard questions. And there's a point in the show when, cause Stephen Colbert is actually really nerdy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And his character, obviously, on that was very conservative, and he gets into a point where he almost brings up a point um, about video games, like, <laughs> but no, there's this and this and this, but he kind of just stops and just lets her talk, because yeah. it wouldn't fit his character to actually bring up the the realities of, of what she's talking about. And I personally would have liked to see Colbert just destroy her on the Colbert Report, but... That's me. Yeah. Um, let's move on. If you want to fund this this uh, crowdfunding thing, just click on the link. And stop listening to our podcast and go home. Yeah, yeah. Yes. you're probably not. <laughs> why our are you Why are you here? Because you probably, if you want to fund one of her things, you probably hate everything we just said. So. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> go spend twenty dollars on a goddamn MP3 for this for this shit. Really? Yes. Is that one of the goals? I didn't even read through the goals. Twenty dollars for. A digital download of the original soundtrack. So, uh, $10 for Sign of Defiance. Tell the world you stand with women. Sign of Defiance. Oh. 
your your name gets credited on the website plus everything above, which everything yeah, above it's totally is, called which is sign effects. of defiance. I didn't even look at that. Yep. Uh. Let's see. Undying love is five dollars. Every little bit helps. You will receive our undying love and gratitude for believing in us enough to say so with a donation. So, um, believing enough in us to say it with your money. Yeah, because <laughs> capitalism. Yeah, play the anthem. This is the the thing he was talking about, the digital download. $25, the Faces of Change uh, postcard pack of the Defiant 5 illustrated by Amora B, character artist for Towerfall, plus everything above. Uh, feminist Frequency pack is uh, it's $50. Uh, includes a B-critical oh. tote bag, a high-gloss vinyl Feminist Frequency sticker feminist frequency thumb drive containing all the episodes of trope versus women in video games that you can get on fucking youtube uh and our behind the scenes videos at this level you will also get access to hd downloads of ordinary women as they come out plus everything above wait for it though there's one you gotta see i'm, I'm going i'm going through them all oh. 85 dollars. the mm-hmm. movie poster a limited edition movie poster we're still designing these but we promise they'll be super awesome her other promises went well too. Remember her Kickstarter? Yeah, the movie poster signed for one hundred dollars, so it's fifteen dollars to have her sign it. Fifteen dollars to have her sign a movie poster. It's actually the price of the ink. Oh, okay. it's made out of real male's tears. <laughs> oh, okay, those cost a lot because we don't cry. Um, two hundred, especially not over stupid. Well, boys yeah. don't cry, right? Two hundred fifty dollars. Send a message to the man. <laughs> Anita will record... Stop, I'm already dead. I know. Anita will record your choice of one of three outgoing voicemail messages personalized with your name and pronouns. Example, this is Anita Your names and pronouns? Like, is this like if Aroa was wanted to be called a female? Like... Or, no, well, yeah, I would imagine that, that's it, but... yeah. Well, you see, my a name or Z or I would something. choose yeah. a. My, my name oh, is okay. Connor. I re- identify as a 32-bit registerkin. <laughs> you you'll call me EAX. And this is $250, by the way. Uh you. This is Anita Sarkeesian, letting you know that Kevin can't answer the phone right now because he's too busy smashing the patriarchy. <laughs> also, by the way, the majority of these high-tier rewards that you're reading claimed zero. Yeah, claimed zero. Uh, yeah. Uh, plus, it gets all Who the does that? Oh, bloody wood! I'm sure. M- more, uh, or two- maybe not. <laughs> oh, this one actually has six of ten. The next one, freak, freak your project, early bird. Uh, for- Two hundred fifty dollars. <sighs> um, making me way angrier than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> right? Working on a game, film, comic, or other narrative project, and you want to include more female character and or make sure that you're pro. pro- Traying women respectfully, Anita and the Feminist Frequency team will review your project and give you critiques, feedback, and suggestions. Right, I'm holding finger guns to my head right now. You can't see that, but I'm doing it. That's actually her band, uh, Anita and the Feminist uh, Feminist Frequency team. <laughs> but another okay, so five hundred dollars. Working on a game, film, comic book, or other narrative project you want to include? Wait, this is oh, one that's I just read. that's if uh, they they actually have. Oh, uh, two tiers of that. It's so that whenever the first set of ten runs out, they could charge double for the next oh. set of ten. Oh, good. Uh, five thousand dollars. <sighs> the if you vote, no one's claimed this. Let's just say this. No one has given them five thousand dollars. 
the feminist Illuminati. You'll become a member of the Feminist Frequencies Elite Circle of Patrons and will be credited accordingly on our website for having made a substantial donation. You'll also get a special thanks in the credits plus all digital uh, reward tiers, the postcard, the Feminist Frequency Pack, and voicemail, and movie poster. Not They didn't say if it was a signed movie poster, though, so I think you have to pay another $15 for that. Can we also say, can I also say that the, the main perk of this is getting a huge shout-out on their website. Can I also mention that that's the same thing they offered at the ten dollar level yes i'm sure um, it's not in as big a font or something but <laughs> uh you know. and ten thousand dollars i guess this is the only way we can get our uh get our interview with anita sarkis and give them ten thousand dollars meet the women behind ordinary women one or more members of the creative team will come to your school or organization for a screening and q a plus everything above subject to discretion Limited to the continental United States. Uh, okay, so taking a page from Donald Trump, I am starting up Parallax University in the United States, and I would like to announce my GoFundMe to raise $10,000. To have yeah. Anita Sarkeesian come and be flogged. To, to come to Parallax University, which I will do across the border from Ontario and Ogdensburg, and I will make sure to record the whole conversation. <laughs> Donate now. <laughs> You're doing God's work, kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, my, I have to say my favorite is, uh, this is Anita Sarkeesian letting you know that Kevin can't answer his phone right now because he's too busy smashing the patriarchy. Oh, god damn it. I wonder if it, I wonder if it'll be like, this is Anita Sarkeesian letting you know that Kevin can't answer his phone. God damn it. <laughs> can can we go over that that the whole patriarchy thing is it's not it's stupid i mean yes if you want to stretch the meaning of what a patriarchy is i guess we technically if you stretch it really thin maybe in a little bit just a little bit but from what i understand women have like rights and stuff well it's um it's a, I think tongue. It, it's supposed to be taken tongue in cheek, way of just. Oh, it is. It, that, it uh, is. I, I'm. It, that I'm women sure are it's going to be said in a jovial manner, but. Well, I know it, that, but no, I, I'm, I'm saying in general the uh, the reference to the patriarchy. Uh, oh yeah. Mo most of the time, whenever I hear it, it's it's meant to be tongue in cheek in that it's oh, just yeah. pointing out that uh, women, without a doubt are at a disadvantage in society the same way that any other minority is. Yeah. Um, but but, but mm, my problem is I've seen, I've seen people who take it way too seriously. Yeah, oh, and yeah. I, I honestly kind of feel like stuff like this, <laughs> if anything, just kind of makes a mockery of the whole situation. Right. It's Yeah, in many ways. It, it's taking, it, it, to, it does sound to a degree like she's taking an otherwise very, you know, a serious matter worth, you know, wor certainly worthy of discussion and whatnot and turning it kind of into a joke for this paid person, which I don't know. And she's a millionaire. Like, well, or she does. I don't know about that, but she does well, needless she, to say. Yeah, dude, she, does, she can speak once a month and make. She can speak twice a year and still make more money than I do. I mean, the like easiest that's... way to put it, the, the easiest way to put it in, in my, I, I think now is, you know, she runs an organization dedicated, at least to this point, to talking about how video games are bad for women. And she has a comfortable living in San Francisco as a result of it. Yeah. And that's an so, expensive mean, place to live. 
it's one of the most expensive. Yeah. So it kind of gives you a, you know, an idea there, but, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, like I said, for me, the biggest thing is, is that I, I am, I have just been like, I have no, I have nothing against her personally. I have nothing against her saying what she says. She's allowed to do that. Even if I disagree with it, I just hate how, despite the fact that it's been repeatedly proven to be full of holes that so much of the press and the internet is just willing to hang off her every word and never question anything she says. And furthermore, you know, insult and degrade those who do question it. That's the only thing that really frustrates me about it. Hashtag you know. cancel Colbert. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. Well, so she, it was, it was, she, she did, she was part of that. She actually hashtagged and, and. Oh, did she get in on that nonsense? Yeah, she got in mm-hmm. on it. And then a few months later oh, was Jesus. on Colbert and like giddy like a schoolgirl that of she course. was, she was on Colbert. So it's like. I oh. didn't even know. I didn't even know she was. She was part of that. That's just. Oh man. Yep. Let's move on though, because we've been talking yes. about that for. I can only get so mad at the bit. subject. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about something now. I don't know if either, any of you guys ever played WildStar. I did not, but I heard about people. it. Um, apparently, I haven't there, been into MMOs for a long time, but there's a theory that they're pretty much closing down soon. They're, oh, they're, well. So, uh, Chinese release of WildStar has been canceled, and everyone working on the Chinese development, I believe, has been laid off. Oh, okay. So they actually, okay, I didn't know there was a version canceled. I know they laid some people off, but yeah, I didn't I, know I, it was because of that. And yeah. if you're canceling an expansion into the Chinese market, you're not doing very well of a game that's free to play. Right. You're not doing so well. <laughs> Um, so they're doing a reorganization within the company with the aim of supporting the PC MMO in the U.S. and Europe. Um, so it sounds to me like either they're just laying people off because they're not making enough money, so they're just trying to make some profit, or this is kind of spelling the beginning of the end for Wildstar. It didn't do anything all that special, so I'm no, it didn't. Too- yeah, um, I never touched it, but I, I I know a few people and a few places from websites and stuff that did try it, and they were just like, yeah, it's all right. It's, it's all another right, yeah. MMO. Uh, around 70 staffers have been laid off, amounting to about 40% of the studio's total headcount. Mm. So, That's too bad. Yeah, I mean, it's just something to talk about, uh, just because it seems that it, it was an okay game. It was it was all right. I played it a little bit, but it again, like Oroa said, it's nothing groundbreaking. Um, they had a lot of old school stuff in it that was cool and it appealed to old school gamers. But uh, then they mixed it in with a lot of the newer systems, and it just kind of didn't mel- mesh well. Um, so I I didn't really like it. But I only played the beta and a little bit of when it went free to play. But I was wondering if any of you guys played it because no, um, I I kind of I played WoW for a while when it was when it came out, but then the sort of standard MMO formula I just kind of burned out on. That makes sense. It's just I, not something that grabs me anymore. Yeah, I enjoy MMOs when I have friends to play MMOs with. Yeah, and the problem is finding because Aroa doesn't play MMOs because he's a bad person. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, all of my friends have, like, grown up and have lives and shit. 
and so they don't want to sit and so sit they and become play bad people. I see. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I just want that was just something to talk about. Uh, it always sucks to hear people get laid off and games get canceled. And uh, Microsoft canceled Fable Legends. Yeah. Yeah. After like yeah. a billion years in development, and yeah, and they're yeah, and there's they're probably closing a bunch of places too, which is really that's, sad. That's yeah, the are. look of it. Uh, Lionhead might go down. I'm pretty sad yeah. about the whole thing, honestly. Me I, too. It's, I guess yeah, it's I guess bummer. I'm the I'm the minority here because I actually wanted Fable Legends to come out. Um, I wanted to see what it was about. I mean, I know it wasn't really a, a quote proper Fable game, but I was curious about it, and it had been in development for so long. Even if it was having trouble, I would have thought at this point they'd be like, "Oh God, let's just ship it." Yeah. Yeah. It um, because it looked a lot like Dungeon Land, but you know it was actually going to have a budget and a large supporting behind it with it being launched on consoles by Microsoft. Uh, and then with it having cross-platform play, like, it was... I thought it was going to be pretty cool. And then, now yeah, it's dead. Apparently, it wasn't making money. Uh, from what I was understanding, uh, I'm just reading right here a little bit. It says, UK-based Linehead Studios was working on Fable Legends for Microsoft while the studio is going to close. Under UK law, Microsoft has to go through a 45-day or more review process to find ways to deal with employees including relocating them, providing training, and provide other supportive initiatives. Um, yeah, in the UK, you can't just close a, a business down. You have to make a real effort to either find a way to keep it open or get those people other work before you're allowed to just pull the plug. That is pretty pretty nice. I think I heard somewhere else that uh, Microsoft was giving them probably the 45 days or something like that to yeah. figure out a idea for a game. And if they like that, they might fund it. Yeah. But I think it's just that's just them saying, "Hey, you have forty-five days legally." So. Yeah, I mean, they they closed another studio, a lesser-known studio as well, called Press Play, and I believe it was Denmark, which made uh, some other smaller games for them. And yeah, that place they just, you know, they just yanked the cord out and was like, "Yeah, you're done." <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always hate seeing like even if they're games I don't like, like I don't like Fable. <laughs> But I yeah. hate seeing studios close down and people get laid off and stuff, because I've been there. It sucks. Yeah, me too. And, I mean, the games industry, you know, as an employment place is brutal enough, you know, and it's uh, it's too bad when the when it comes to this. But I guess, you know, Fable Legends embedded development for so long, and if they felt after that that it was coming along or not coming along to the point where they wanted to shut it down even now, I guess, you know, maybe that was a sign of some kind of bigger issue. Right. So. Um, what, what have your guys' experiences been with the Fable games? Well, the first I, yeah. one was amazing, <laughs> if you ask yep. me. Uh, uh, especially the expansion, which I'm always surprised to hear people didn't play. The Lost Chapters? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. I didn't like them. Yeah. I never touched Fable 1, or I did briefly, and then I never got into it. I actually played the hell out of Fable 2 on the 360 and loved that game. I put a lot of hours into that. And then when three came out and got some crappy reviews because of the last third of it, I just I said, oh, maybe I'll play it someday. And then I just never did. Yeah, I have played all three of them and uh, they were always underwhelming for me. I hmm. thought two was um, it was an interesting take on on redoing 
the uh, the Fable One formula. Uh, I disliked a lot of the changes that they made, particularly in that you can't die. You can't uh, die. Armor does no. nothing. And also, you have infinite mana, and there's no real reason to uh, to not just spam your lowest level attacks no matter what. Yeah, it's, like, that's fair. It was, yeah, it was super easy. Um, yeah. See, when I was reading about it, because I was I was following it ever since it was you know Project Ego. And they were talking about it in Xbox Magazine and everything. And I was following it. And the way that it was presented was it was going to sound a lot like, you know, Skyrim or Morrowind or Oblivion, something like that. And when I got it, it was just a very linear, not very open world game. And I was very disappointed in it. And, you know, you could beat it in eight hours, which was... And you could do a lot of, like, most of the stuff in eight hours. So, uh, I do remember one time having fun with the game. Exactly one time. And it was when I was watching my friend play it. And he went up to one of those devil doors. And the Mm. devil door said something to the effect of, do something really evil in front of me. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. And the, the way that you beat it, spoilers... Is you have to eat ten crunchy chicks. Well, it's not the yeah. only thing you you can do. Um, it's just also, the easiest way. It yeah. is the easiest way, yeah. Because um, you can also take somebody that trusts you up to the door and just beat them to death, and that'll usually do it. See, yeah. he my friend took his wife. He oh yeah, his, that, he, he God his, damn! He took his wife there and killed her in front of the door, and it didn't open. Huh? Yeah. Oh what? <laughs> So the door that, was like, that's not impressive enough. Yeah, that wasn't evil enough. <laughs> it's like, come on, men beat their wives to death. You didn't day. like her anyway. Right. <laughs> so uh, that was that was just really silly, but you know, it, it was just very underwhelming to me. Maybe if I went back and played it now. Um, but I tried that, and I can't stand the accents. Mm. Oh, well, you just being, just being a baby. I know, but the accents are fucking terrible like they had a bunch of really bad cockney accents they, like, they did like, and they were purposely pretty exaggerated yeah um but i i didn't care for it uh so i wasn't very excited for fable legends but i probably i played all the other ones i probably would have played this one uh but i don't ever get to do that because it's well no i that's a lie i didn't play a what was that one for the connect Oh, oh, the, the lost journey. or the journey? Yeah, yeah. I didn't Fable play that rail one. Simulator. Yeah. Uh, it's not all rails. <laughs> uh, so let's move on though, because we're <laughs> we're a good forty minutes in, or so. Uh, Coleco Chameleon. Oh God. Yeah, we're we're front. This is the game. train wreck you cannot look away from. So it's also known as the retro VGS. The... Stop! Stop! Stop snoring. Very good. Oh, that was me. That was me more snorting in contempt. But oh, yes. Okay. Um, the video game system, retro, whatever. Uh, it was the shell of a jaguar, and the idea was it was supposed to be very similar, I would imagine, to like the Retron Five, where you can pop in games for different consoles and play them. But it and it was play... supposed to allow to be focusing on getting original games done for it as well. Yeah. 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 So theoretically, this could have been done pretty easily. 
to be honest. Uh, <laughs> and at first I had the Retro VGS, and that got, I had a Kickstarter. It had an Indiegogo that Indiegogo. failed. And it, and it failed, yeah. Yeah. And then they were able to license the name Coleco for it, which Coleco, if anyone doesn't know, they had the Coleco, ColecoVision back in the 80s or 70s? 80s, I think. 80s. Yeah, and they had the ColecoVision in the '80s, which was a video game console. It's a what was it, Colorado Leather Company or something like that? Yeah. Um, they made a video game system for some reason because everyone made a video game system in the '80s. Yeah. And well, they turned into a toy company, and then from there made video games. Right. So they put their name behind it, and they had a showing off at the Toy Fair, some New York Toy Fair or something. And at the Toy Fair, people quickly found out that the video game system that they had on display was they took the innards of the SNES Junior, which I believe was the second SNES that was released in the United States, yeah, and put that into the ColecoVision. So it wasn't actually any of their own hardware. It was just the Super Nintendo inside a Jaguar shell. Yeah. And then they decided to update their website. And show that, oh, no, Well, no, then they see, got called out on that. Yeah, right, right. They got called out and on then, that. And then, yeah. They got called and, out yeah. after everyone found out about that. And they're like, no, no, we actually have our own hardware here. We have a see-through case. And <laughs> you can see that there's a chipboard in it. This and is just glorious. They, uh, who was it that found out? Atari Age? Atari Age Forums, which has some of the, like, world's best retro detectives in it. <laughs> yeah. They found out that it was actually a capture card that was yeah. in it. That An old PCI card you use for surveillance cameras. Right. What? Yeah. And so they had a capture card in it that was supposed to be their system. Yeah. What? And so they... It was more smoke and mirrors, obviously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they didn't learn their lesson. And then after that, they're like, no, seriously, we are making a console. Seriously, totally making a console. And then Coleco was like, yeah, we're taking our name off this project because... Well, it was more... It, it, there was a middle step there, which was Coleco actually put out on their Facebook page this statement that was just so passive-aggressive, it was hilarious. It was them basically going, no, we have total faith in this thing and this team behind it, but we're sending a team of independent engineers over to look at their work, and if they can't look at it within a week and or we don't like what we see, we're canceling the deal to give it our branding. Right. And that makes sense. That's what you should do. Oh, yeah. And that's what ended up happening. And then the day after Coleco pulled the branding, everything relating to the Coleco Chameleon and the Retro VGS disappeared. Right. And that's what I was getting to was that, like, their Facebook page went down. And then minutes yep. later, their uh, RetroVGS.com went down. Yeah. And so now they seem to have just vanished into the night. And I guess the guy who was the CEO, whatnot, who was kind of funding this scam operation, um, he hired like four different program or developers for it, and then just kept firing them. So he'd hire one and then fire him. So he had four different programmers and developers for this over two years, and he just kept firing them. Well, and he'd be like, and he would release a comment like, oh, we don't need him. I know as much as he does, blah, blah, blah. And he would learn a little bit from the next guy and then fire that guy. And so on and so forth. And I think recently there was the last guy 
like they made a video where he's talking about the 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 programmer talking about the chameleon and it looks like the guy is scared shitless like it has a gun to his head like there's somebody with a gun off screen like you better make this goddamn video and uh yeah. yeah so i was like this doesn't sound like a hard thing to make maybe it's just me cuz they make you know they have the retron 5 the retron 1 uh the fc twin they have all these game systems that can play multiple consoles it doesn't sound like something that's too hard to make. No, if you, you know, have competent engineers and, you know, the budget to make it what you want. But, uh, I mean, the thing, the problem with the chameleon, because I, you know, being into retro stuff as I am, I, I was following this rather closely. And the thing with the chameleon was, is it was not just a system to play retro games. They actually wanted to make it into its own platform that would have unique titles developed for it. And they were all like, yeah, this system's going to be all cartridge based and it's not going to be online. So there's going to be no patching, you know, just like the old days, games have to ship in a fully working state and uh, yeah. all this other stuff. And, you know, there's going to be no front end. You're just going to turn it on. and It's going to boot into the game. So they were basically being like, this is a system with retro sensibilities that's going to have new games for it. But they could never explain like. How are we going to make a market for this so it's worth developing for it? How are we going to afford to produce these cartridges? Because the reason all the manufacturers went to DVDs is because cartridges are friggin' expensive to produce. Yeah. And he could never answer any of those questions. And that was the difference with this is this was not just a retro system. It was supposed to be a whole new thing. But they never really quantified that before they started asking for people's money. And they never had a prototype. No, and they never had a thing to show off. Like, clearly they were hoping, if if it's true that this was just not a scam and the guy actually had a real vision, and apparently the guy who was running Retro VGS has, like, has been around the retro community for a long time and actually had a lot of clout and credibility before this. So most and... people were saying that they thought he actually probably did have a legit vision for this. But it was clear that they were hoping they would clear their crowdfunding first and then use that to implement the idea. Whereas now there's been so many high profile crowdfunding failures that people are like, no, I want to see something working before I give you my money. And they could never do that. Right. And they they, they should have had a prototype done before this happened. Yeah. Like at least just something like running one game at like two frames a second. Something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, just something that was running and actually on their hardware. <laughs> right. And, I mean, cartridges are expensive, but I think I think they could have got by with, like, SD cards or something. Yeah. Like, I, I don't there know. It could have been some way. Kind of like, uh, or like a proprietary, because I know Nintendo still uses cartridges, kind of, for, like, the 3DS and stuff. So, yeah, but it's basically just, uh, they're basically just modified SD cards. Yeah, that's what I was... Yeah. Getting at, yeah. or um, which yeah, uh, Sony. Does Sony have no? They use discs for the Vita, don't they? No, those are no, cards they're... too. Oh, but they're, they're the same idea. They're proprietary yep. technically, but it's the yeah. same idea. That was that was the PSP. Yeah, PSP had the the yeah UMDs. UMD mm -hmm. UMDs yeah UMDs yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, anyone did anyone donate to the Coleco Chameleon? <laughs> nope. I, uh, I'd rather make even, it myself. Yeah, I yeah. didn't even know it existed, and I don't understand these retro consoles at all. I mean, if I want to emulate something, I'll get my fucking Wii out or, you know, just play it on my computer or my phone. I actually ha I have a Retron 5. 
I, I, I had one at one just, point and I returned it. I like the idea, but yeah, it, it's a super niche market. It's never yeah. going to be mainstream, and it sounds like that's what these guys wanted, which just, right. nuh-uh. I, and I, I have the Retron 5, and I like it because, you know, I still, it's, you can hook up your normal controllers and everything, and uh, you can just plug your games in and they load up, but they don't work for everything. And, I mean, if I went and bought Battle Kid, which is a homebrew game, I can't play it on that. So also, yeah. you, you still have all of the annoying caveats that come with cartridge-based games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where, you know, because there's a, there's a place around here that they allow you to demo. They sell retro games, and they right. allow you to demo them on their Retron systems before you actually buy them. And, mm-hmm. like, you still have all the problems that I remember with my NES, where it's like, you just got to get the cartridge in there just right, or it's not going to turn on. Or if you, ta- if-, if you tap the system while you're... Yes! And that... then the game crashes. Yeah, uh, actually, the oh, Retron yeah. 5 doesn't do that. Uh, the Retron 5 is actually... Um, it's it's not a real system. It's yeah. like a Raspberry Pi inside there, basically. Which yeah, is what it runs I an Android system. It basically dumps the ROM into memory memory off the cartridge and then runs it through an emulator. Right. That's what yeah. I thought that would be pretty easy to do. And I right. didn't really know why they didn't do that in the first and, place. But... And what I figured... See, if I was to make a system like this, and this was my thought, I would have... Because um, a Coleco Chameleon only had one slot to plug in games yeah mm-hmm. so my thought was um and i think this might have been what they were thinking because they said they have different cores but basically say you have an nes core or whatnot so you have like a little adapter off to the side that you can plug in like okay i want to play an nes game and you plug that core in there and if and that core talks to the system says hey this is an nes game and then you plug an nes game in there and it loads up the nes game so it's literally yeah. What is it, Retro Arch, or whatever? But yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that was my thought of something. Like if I was to make a system, that's what I would try to design it around. And then if you didn't have a core in there, and you just plugged the game in, then you would be playing a Coleco Chameleon game. Uh, yeah. So that that's I what I mean. That's what my thought would be as of if I was to try to make something like that. That way. It's a, a a little bit easier um, than like with the Retron Five, where it's kind of weird. You have five different, six different slots or something. Yep. And yeah. but like, if you can't plug in a Super Nintendo game and a NES game at the same time. Well, don't you have to like? I don't know. The only one I've used had like a knob on it. No, there's no knob, so it just oh. detects if there's a game in the slot, and if there's two games in there, it doesn't know which one to choose. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, why? Why? Well, you, that would be easy just to make a little slot notch or even from the menu, just pick, I want to play the yeah, Super just, Nintendo just, game. Yeah, just have a menu for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that sucks that this is canceled. We'll, we'll wait until the next failed Kickstarter. Um, two failed crowdfunding things this week. That's good. One for yeah. Anita Sarkeesian and one for Retro VGS. I'm sorry if I'm quiet. By the way, there's a cat on my face. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, let's move on to actually good stories. Mm-hmm. More emulation. There's been a 3DS or a 3D NES emulator made. Mhm. Yeah, this is crazy as fuck. 
it, this is yeah. probably my favorite story that we got up here. I love I, it. I've tried using it, and it I don't know, maybe it's just my system or the way I have it set up, but it doesn't look very good um, mm. to me. But have you guys been able to use this? I haven't yeah. even tried it because I don't have Firefox on anything. Oh, okay. Really? No, I haven't tried it yet either, but what, what what is the idea with it that it just adds the sort of extra depth layer to any NES game? So it's, Yes, uh, and then you can also... Yeah, go ahead, dude. And then you can also turn it. You can turn no. the levels and everything. But you can go. Okay. It uh it does post processing and it takes every like detail that they make every tile set and they give it a third dimension usually just by wrapping what's already there again onto a uh a Z dimension. Okay. It's, it's it didn't work super great. Uh, I did choose Mega Man just because that was the one that they showed, and I got to play through the first couple of levels and then I quickly lost interest because, dear God, I played Mega Man way too many goddamn times. Yeah. <laughs> But it's there's there's game. potential here, and it, it doesn't feel like a traditional 3D game. It kind of feels like I'm playing in a diorama or something like that, and that's interesting to me. Right. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of the look that they're going for. Um, I'm guessing what it does is it looks at what layer everything is supposed to be on, and then uses that information to figure out how thick everything is supposed to be because it like it quote, knows sort of how everything is supposed to be shaped because you'll notice that, like, if you... Because you can rotate it, like like you said, and if you rotate the screen slightly, uh, like, Mega Man isn't as thick as the platforms. And it's like, well, how does it know that? And it's it's because everything on the NES is supposed to be in a particular sprite layer, and I guess it just kind of figures that out based on where everything is actually placed. Yep. And sprite it, layer zero is the background of the diorama. Sprite layer one is where you put your trees and your character and stuff. I'm looking at this screenshot, and I don't know if those are. That's got to be a staircase or a ladder there. Um, if you go to the Mega Man screenshot down there, um, if you scroll down a bit, that's um, the health bar. No, on the it, no, so there's a health bar on the left. But if you look yeah. down to the right. See how it like is that a ladder? It just looks weird. No, I think that's just that's just bricks. Oh, okay. It's it low it it's uh the black bars around everything kind of make it look really weird, especially in the screenshots, but it's kind of like things just kind of appear out of nowhere and then disappear off to the left. It's oh, okay. it's like you have to imagine the blackness surrounding everything as the edges of your TV screen. Oh yeah. no, well okay. I got you. Um, but they show off Castlevania and uh, Mega Man in this little article that I have. But uh, I, I know they had Missile Command loaded up if you go to the website uh, with Firefox. I don't know why they didn't release this as a uh, client. Like I think a, like they, an application. I think they, they said something about planning on doing that. Um, but yeah, I'm not really sure why they would put it on a website where it's going to be really easily... Well, for one, it's going to be really easily ignored by everybody that uses Chrome, right? Um, but also, like, it's going to be it's going to be taken down pretty quickly. I'm sure. Is it? I would assume. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe Nintendo's not. often weird about that. Like sometimes they'll really go after th- places like that. Other times they don't care. It's they're kind of weird. Yeah, they are way. very weird. Uh, but this is neat. I played a little bit. It didn't work great for what I played on it. Um. 
it looked a little off, at least to me. And by a little, I mean a lot off. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's, it's a little nauseating. Yeah, but uh, it would be neat. Maybe <laughs> it would look better once we all get Oculus Rift. Or vibes. Or or vibes. Yeah, the eight hundred dollar vibes. I I am. That's that's my target. Just are so you, you are know. really trying to get a vibe? I would rather have a vibe than an Oculus. After after watching how both of them work, uh, the the vibe just has so much more to it. See, and the it, fact that it comes with the motion controllers is enough for me to go, yeah, it's... it's it's. Part of me really wants to do that and, and get one of them, the Oculus Rift or the Vive. Probably mm -hmm. the Oculus Rift is what I would lean for, towards. Um, however, I also have this other thing I have to do, which is move. Mm. And, I'm trying, and I'm trying to buy a house. Yeah. So I'm trying to save up money to uh, buy a house. So I can't yeah. really splurge five six hundred dollars on anything right now right so uh, i'm thinking like later this year yeah uh but yeah I, I have to move again my roommates are moving up to the portland area and mm. so i am you know i have a pretty stable job here and you know i feel that if i wanted to i could just work there forever that type of thing i don't but it's one of those things where it's a very stable job and uh it makes a lot more sense to stay in this area instead of moving up there with them, which was an offer that they made. So uh, I I actually put a bid down on a house last week, so I'm waiting. To, mm. I the the problem is I'm not they're not moving until August or mm. well September is the like we're gonna stay in this house through August, but we're gonna try to get moved out by September first, mm. and uh. The the problem with it is that any bids that I put down, I have to start, I have to close in August. So I, you know, I put a bid down, but, you know, with the caveat of basically, if somebody else comes and offers, then they can, you can choose whether to take my offer or, and wait or take their offer and get it now. So most likely the bid that I put down is going to, um, not get taken and I'll have to look at another house. Yeah. Hmm. But but that's yeah. okay. I'm fine with that. I that's will... exciting. Is this your uh, first time as a homeowner? Yeah, it's a, this will be the first this will be the first time I've ever lived by myself. Well, clearly you oh, need wow. to get me out there living with you then. Well, so the <laughs> house that I'm looking at is a three bedroom, two bath house. And uh, Jesus Christ, that's why? really big. Uh, that's a lot. <laughs> I will be the first person to tell you, as someone who lives in a three bedroom, two bathroom house with another person, that's a lot of house to keep clean. <laughs> but but here's the deal: it's only eighty six thousand dollars. Jesus, right? Yeah, <laughs> I forgot. So, I live in a city with a crazy real estate market. Because goddamn, <laughs> yeah. So eighty six thousand dollars. Um. Eighty six nine hundred, I think. And so mm. Ricky uh, Durgason wants to come down here and live with me. Um, which... He's a. Does does he do something that gives income? Uh, right now he <laughs> does. Right now he does, and he has his tax return, and he is saving up his tax return so he can pay pay me rent basically for the first couple months, and try to find a job here. Um. 
And if if you are serious and you want to move here and pay part of the rent or part of the mortgage, you can you can come down here and find a job. Telling you, man, I'm thinking about it. I'm done with Chicago. Uh, it would be, I think, I did the math. It would be six hundred fifty something dollars for the mortgage each month. Yeah, that's about double what I'm paying right now. So to have, <sighs> you know, it's about a third of what we pay every month. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but that, then there's other bills that are that have to be included, so electricity and garbage. And Wait, so you're going to be paying sewage. like eighteen hundred? Like, no, 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 no. It's six hundred and fifty dollars for the mortgage. That's it for the mortgage. Oh, okay. That's what I was confused. I wasn't sure yeah. if you meant like well damn son. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's less that's than a what good I find. Christ. Yeah. yeah. And there's a there's a few houses like that and, and I'm presuming more will open up if, if I don't if this one falls through, more will open up within the next uh you know, few months. So it's kind of a shitty town we I would be moving to, but Get I guns mean, or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, no. It's just it's a small town. There's only like eight thousand people that live in it. Mm. So as long as you can get broadband, you know. Yeah, I can. And Pretty much, you can just order stuff and have it show up. You never have to go anywhere. Exactly. But <laughs> let's move on. We'll talk about that more as time progresses. And uh, if I have to miss a couple podcasts because of moving, that might be fun. Uh, Row Entertainment Podcast Episode Three. What was what was the song? You didn't use the song in the last one. I didn't. But uh, yeah, first one was first one was just reading. Nathan's gay. Nathan's gay. <laughs> We're professional here. I, I love I love that song. Um, Sony admits that the Oculus Rift is, Rift is technically better than the PlayStation VR. Yeah, I liked reading this one. I did too. It's oh, I'm sorry. That's that's not going to. It didn't doesn't now. really surprise me either. I think Sony's goal is to probably come in cheaper than the competition, so it's probably going to be a little bit. It's probably going to be like a hundred bucks. I'd imagine is what they're aiming for. Wait, what? Or a hundred and fifty bucks? I don't know. I don't know if it'll be that cheap, but I don't think it's going to be five, six, seven hundred. Yeah, I don't know how much it's going to be. Uh, most uh, reports are saying three to four hundred. Oh, okay, okay, Because okay. the guy, right. the guy at Sony was like, "Yeah, it'll probably cost about as much as a new console." Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. so about three hundred. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but the so the PlayStation VR is that's still half the price of the Oculus. Yeah. So they're saying, "Hey, it's going to be good. And it'll work really well with PlayStation Four, but it's not going to be as." nice as like the oculus rift or the vive which is fine because they're just trying to reach a wider market than oculus is because oculus is very niche market there you have you know you have um us basically us four people are the only people in sense interested in oculus and the vive uh but no it's people like us people who build computers and have high-end computers and want to take our gaming to another level. Another world. Another world. And the PlayStation and other people are interested in it, but do you really see mom or dad or, or just a casual like Call of Duty player saying, Yeah, I wanna I wanna spend another six hundred dollars on something to play this game? I don't really see that. No. Um by us, we're like six hundred dollars, that's like the price of my graphics card. And and with how well the uh, Steam Machine thing went over, and how they're just flying off shelves, 
Yeah. I, yeah. I really don't see the Oculus ready PCs uh, doing much better. In case than anyone that. can't detect, detect, that's sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, they're not doing too great. Yeah. You, know, you want to talk not about a really stupid idea? Um, Making like, multiple fucking steam machines they should have made maybe three maybe it, it, three it wouldn't have been so bad if it wasn't for the fact that they they only run linux and it's it it, it don't work it's not as good it, like it's not programmed at, for gaming it's just like running on a mac like yes it, macs open, can run games yeah OpenGL just doesn't doesn't do all the things that developers use DirectX for Right. Just having used it before, it's kind of a pain in the arse as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have not actually used Steam OS. <laughs> I tried to use. Nice. I tried to use it, and it wouldn't work like at all. Like I got in there and I couldn't click on anything, and I was like, "Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Just oh. I'm reformatting." <laughs> I tried. <laughs> yeah, I tried it on my laptop real quick, and that didn't. Oh, work, that, there's so. a problem. Why didn't you just VM it? Um, because shut up. How's that? That's my. That's what I say to you, Connor. Shut your mouth. And you know the good thing if you did come live with me, I could be like, "Hey, Connor, podcast." I usually show up to podcasts. I know, but I could still just knock on your door and be like, "Podcast." And even like, quicker. Yeah. And I wouldn't have to worry. Mm. But see, the problem is you'd be moving away from Morgan. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she she needs to do better, anyways. You're a bad boyfriend, Connor. Uh, I, as long as I admit that she deserves better, she does. Um, but anyway, uh, if you talk about high end quality gaming, yes, I would admit that the Oculus may have better VR. However, it requires a very expensive and very fast PC. So basically, yep. same thing I said was you need at least a thousand dollars to get a decent enough PC to run the Oculus with. The PlayStation VR is just going to be, you know, four hundred dollars for a PlayStation. So, yep. uh, any of you guys, you, I know Aroa has a PlayStation Four. Yep. Are you excited? Are you going to get the PlayStation VR? Uh once you know somebody actually like gives me any kind of game to be excited about for it, maybe but... One Man, uh, No Man's Sky. Well, I'm not getting No Man's Sky on PS4. Get no. out of here. Getting out on the PC. Uh, 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 it, it, it's also, do we know if it's going to come with the camera and everything else? I have no idea. They haven't really said anything to that effect yet. Yeah, because I know it's going to come with the box that you got to put on there, um, and then it's gonna, it's you know, gonna have the headset. But like, I don't know anything about. It's not going to come with move controllers, I'm sure, which luckily I already have those. But then is is it going to have the PlayStation camera with it? Because that's another like $50 that I got to throw down. And but, but here's the thing. It doesn't matter. We have to wait until Tuesday. Says no, yeah, yeah. that's when their event is, yep. right? We only have until next Tuesday, March 15th, to learn more about what Sony has to do, uh, has planned with the Sony PlayStation VR. Yeah, well, I guess, and I, I guess yeah, I'm, that, at that point, I'm going to be very curious because they have a lot of details that they still need to give out. So I'm uh, I'm very curious what that's going to look like. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, 
Very, very excited for just different news. I don't even have a PlayStation 4. Uh, Parallax Abstraction, do you actually have a PlayStation 4? Yep, I do, actually. Um, and it's very similar situation is that, you know, I, I will... I'll get excited about, I mean, really most VR stuff when there's, there's, you know, a good few games coming out for them that really, really interest me and that, that seem to make good use of the technology, then I'll, right. I'll get into it, but I'm still waiting to, to, to see that stuff shake out. Uh, and Connor doesn't have any game, gaming systems. Connor I doesn't actually, play video games. I actually just picked up a GameCube yesterday, thank you very much. <laughs> Oh nice. good. Did you get the did you get the uh Game Boy player for it? Uh it yes, but I didn't know. Wait, what? Uh-oh. Oh no. Oh, Connor? Oh Skype. Oh Skype. Dang. Oh you. Uh did we lose Connor? I'm presuming what happened was he got the uh I'm presuming what happened is he got the GameCube with the GameCube player, but without the disc. Oh, yeah, that's that's, unfortunate. that's what typically happens because that disc is worth a lot. So I yep. actually had, um, I don't know if I think I mentioned to a row. I don't know about if I mentioned it to Parallax Extraction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had a console called the APF Imagination Machine. Oh, yeah. Uh. It was made in 1978 or 77 as a rival to, uh, as a rival that to the been... Atari 2600. Okay, I have actually never heard of this thing. So I found it for forty dollars with a docking station. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" So it's the gaming console with a keyboard and tape deck attached to it. What? Yeah. So there's What there, was you, it called again? The Imagination Machine? Yes. So uh yeah, look online and look at eBay real quick. Uh APF Imagination Machine, yeah, here it is. Uh but anyway, so it had the whole docking station so on the top there's like a brown console, kinda like a Atari. And then on the bottom there's the, the docking station. And that docking station comes with a um comes wow. with a, a cassette or a, you know, like a, a cartridge. And it's a basic cartridge, so you can plug that in uh, after you have it all hooked up, plug it in, and then program games for your APF Imagination Machine in basic, and then put them onto a tape and give that tape to friends who also have an APF Imagination Machine with a docking station and a tape deck, and have them play your homebrew games. This thing is crazy. I'm looking at pictures of it now. I've never heard of this before. This thing is nuts. Yeah, I actually sold mine. Holy crap. Um, a while back for uh around $300 just because I didn't know if it worked and man, when this thing launched in in the 70s, it was worth it launched at $700, which according to Wikipedia is approximately $2200 in today money. Yeah. Jesus. And Fuck. so, so that that system I got for forty dollars. It Man. sells on eBay for roughly seven hundred. I believe it. This is not. This is clearly not a. Uh, this is not. This was not a, a huge thing. So it's. I'm sure it's very sought after by yeah. collectors. So in October, when I went up to um, the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, I was 
I was just talking with some people there, and I was like, yeah, I have one of those in my house, blah, blah. And the guy looked kind of interested. He's like, okay, so I found the APF Imagination Machine with the docking station before. I actually have one of those. Um, does it have the basic cartridge? Because apparently a lot of people lose the basic, basic cartridge, and the basic cartridge itself is worth like $100, 150 And I was like, yeah, I have the cartridge. And he's like, I want that. I want that so much. Mm-hmm. And so he paid the – I told him how much it would cost, and I told him how much the shipping was going to be, which was like 70 bucks. And he's like, I'll pay for it. I don't care. And so I ended up getting money off of it and sold it to somebody who's really going to like it. Uh, and Calder's still not back. I was trying to buy time. Yeah. No, I'm back right now. Oh, good, good. Uh, so did you not get the disc? No, I, I have the disc and everything. When he sold it to me, he was like, yeah, so here's the GameCube, and if you want that, it's extra. And I was like, I don't really need that. And he's like, oh, well, I have no use for it alone, so I guess just have it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. That's why you always call it. I wanted one. to charge you for it, but if you're not going to pay for it, well, then you might as well take it anyway. So, Connor, I have a question. Yeah, what's up? Can you send me the <laughs> game, the Game Boy Player <laughs> I don't know, man. Like shipping alone is probably going to be like seventy bucks or something. <laughs> Not for a Game Boy player. That was for a that seventy dollars for a giant imagination machine with a docking station. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if you've been to Chicago lately. It's not. No one. No one wants to be here. Seventy bucks. Oh, okay. Uh, let's move on. So, any of you play Dark Souls? Hate it. Yep. Uh, I mean, I, I have. Uh, yep. so apparently Dark Souls one and two were capped at thirty frames a second. Yeah, on they're... consoles, Dark Souls two ran at sixty. Oh yeah, on uh, no, 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 it ran at I believe it ran at thirty, and then Scholar of the First Sin ran at sixty. I no, the for the original ran at sixty. I oh, I actually it? beat Dark Souls two, but there was okay. a problem for the longest time until Scholar of the First Sin came out. Which was really stupid, which was that the uh, the game logic was actually tied to the frame rate. So there was a problem for a long time where if you were playing it at 60, things like your weapons degraded twice as fast. Yeah. Uh, because of the, the game logic running, it's running, uh, running twice as quick as it uh, was originally coded, but they eventually fixed that. Apparently, they were saying, they were saying that Dark Souls 3 was going to run at 30 frames a second, even on PC. And uh, they have since came back and said, no, no, it's actually going to be 60 frames a second on PC, which is good. Just hopefully items don't degrade twice as fast. Yeah, I will hope that they that they have gotten that fixed now because, yeah, Dark Souls 1 on PC ran it at thir- – well, it, that was the least of its problems. Yeah. was that it ran at 30. Dark Souls 1 on PC was kind of a nightmare factory as a well, port. Yeah, there was a, a part like where they had a patch where – uh, there was a certain boss who shoots lava at you, basically, and you have to avoid the lava. Mm-hmm. Well, the patch made it so you couldn't see the lava. <laughs> that Oops. is a problem. Because... No, it's, it's a playable state. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guarantee you there are speedrunners in the world who manage to do it without that anyway, because they just know which way the lava will fly. Probably. I mean, yeah. I've seen people get to Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson's punch out blindfolded. Yep, me too. I I can. I get... also watch AGDQ. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I only I see. I don't watch that stuff. Uh, but my friend Ricky does, 
And he showed me that. And I was like, yep, yeah, fuck this guy. And I, I can get to Super Macho Man. That's about as far as I can get. And then Super mm. Macho Man. I can, I've can. i got past him before. I haven't been able to get past him recently. And then once I get to Mike Tyson, it's, just, it's over. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. And I'm old with no reflexes anymore. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. So uh, are any of you going to be getting Dark Souls 3? Probably, yeah. I kind of play them the cheap way, which is that I I tend to co-op them with uh with friends. I find them more fun that way, and that's that's uh, what I do too. Yeah. That's probably what we're gonna end up doing with it. My friends have beat that game, have beat Dark Souls one and two for me. It was nice. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Connor, are you gonna be getting it? Christ, no. But I hate the Dark Souls series. And, Awful games. And a row, you're not getting it. I haven't really cared about Dark Souls. Okay. Okay. We got one more story to talk about. We're not done yet, Jesus Christ. One more. Right? Uh it's actually really stupid and I'm I'm happy that I Imagine have Connor. That. I ha- I'm happy I have Connor in here cuz he can explain why it's stupid. Yeah. Uh Nintendo is bringing Super <coughs> Nintendo Virtual Console games to the 3DS. Mm-hmm. But only the new 3DS because <sighs> Dicks, I think, is... (laughs) Because running a SNES emulator, which you can run practically on a pocket calculator these days, is apparently the base 3DS is not powerful enough, is what they claimed. Yeah, as previously (laughs) announced, as previously announced, new 3DS has an improved CPU, which enables Super Nintendo games to run on the system with quality results. Uh, The Super Super Nintendo games are included... They also include perfect pixel mode which allows players to see their games in their original tv resolution and aspect res- resolution why can't so you even simulate that post-production like post effects it's not hard so i remember playing super nintendo games on computers in the 90s yeah yeah you can run a super nintendo emulator competently on like a pentium 2 i could yeah. do it on my phone Right, so why would the 3DS, which is, I'm going to imagine, more powerful than a Pentium 2? Just barely. Probably. uh, Not be able to run Super Nintendo games. I can tell you why. Money. Yeah. This is classic Nintendo marketing, and this is nothing new. Right. They release a new console, and then they give some super specific ass shit to it. And then they say, well, you know, we need to because you're not going to look into it. Give us money. Fuck you. But then you look into it, and they're like, but we're still not doing it. Shut up. And if I did want to emulate something, I'd probably go to my phone over. As nice as it is to have, you know, analog buttons and stuff like that, it's just not worth the hassle to pay $30 for a game that you've most likely played a bunch before. See, I really like, I I mean, if if I was going to play games on my phone, I would just buy a Bluetooth controller. Or that. Yeah, there's, there's alternatives here. Right. They're all turned not all buying a new 3DS. Yeah. Like, I've railed before about the Nintendo Virtual Console. I actually really like it as a, as a, a product, and its implementation is actually very good. And, you know, as someone who kind of takes this stuff sort of seriously, I really like the way it's done. But I've always said the pricing on it is absolutely out to lunch. And it's obviously, they haven't changed it, so it's obviously making enough money for them, but... You know, I've always said that they would sell a lot more of these things if they were much more reasonably priced than they are because, you know, they're, they're, uh, even on the Wii and Wii U, 
some of these virtual console games are, you know, seven, eight bucks. Right. And I'm like, if you sold them for two, you'd sell a lot more of them and probably bring a lot more people in. But obviously the business is working out the way it is now. But yeah, like the new 3DS has had so few compelling reasons why anyone should buy it if they have an existing 3DS. And I I don't see how they think this is going to get people over there. Like right. Super Nintendo games, like, no. They've done stuff like this throughout history, though. I mean... The the Nintendo sixty four had the uh, the expansion for the RAM. You can yes. put a, you can put a traditional RAM into it, and then it made it up to what a whopping four megabytes of RAM or something. Woo! Something something, something crazy. That was like eight. But An was, amount yeah. that was impressive at the time. <laughs> right. So so they bring it up to a certain amount of RAM, and it, you, if you didn't have that chip in there, they wouldn't let you play. Like I remember having Perfect Dark, but I didn't have the the expansion for it, the the RAM expansion. So you couldn't play through the storyline. You couldn't play through the main campaign mode with um with Perfect Dark because you didn't have that little thing. Uh, with the Game Boy, there was you know there was the normal Game Boy, and then they came out with Game Boy Color, um, and there had games that were backwards compatible, but you could only get certain features for those games on the Game Boy Color. And they so they've been doing this since the beginning of time basically. So it doesn't really surprise me that they are you know releasing the 3DS X the the new 3DS or whatever and then deciding hey, we need to uh we need to put games on here that and have limitations even though the the original 3DS would be fine, have limitations on it because we need more money. Uh yeah. Marketing. That's what it's called, I believe. Yep. Dark art. Dark art? The dark art of marketing. Oh. Yeah. So, and you start work tomorrow. I do, yes. Uh, what time do you work? Seven? Uh, no, it's going to be, it's, it, well, for the most part, it's going to be nine to five. A uh, couple of times every couple of months, I'll be working a 12 to eight shift or on a weekend, but that's fairly infrequent. But, uh, tomorrow I actually start at nine 30 cause they want to, I think they want to make sure that everybody I'm going to be meeting is in the, in the building. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be, I've been getting more and more psyched about this job as I've been leading up to it. So, uh. This week was so crazy, I could have used another week off before I started there, but meh, whatever. I know how that goes. And yeah, it'll uh, be good. And, Aroa, you were talking about changing shifts. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's possible. Um, I don't even know what's going on right now. I'm thinking I'm going to probably uh, apply at the company that uh, actually does our tech support. Oh, okay. And... Uh, jump ship over to them because I'm kind of getting sick of my uh of the company I work for. So And you and to be fair, you might get paid more. That too. Right. That'd be groovy. Yeah. Starting nice. pay is uh, 10k a year more than what I make now. Oh wow, so you'll be making 20k a year. Uh <laughs> double that. Double that. Oh, okay. Then, yeah. So you'd be making more money than me. Uh possibly. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. That's good. Um, so yeah, thanks, thanks guys for being here on this episode of the Read and Entertainment Podcast. Uh, thanks. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll do the name by name. Uh, Connor, thanks for being here. 
Nathan Segay. Uh, uh, Parallax Abstraction, thank you for being here. Thank you kindly. And Aroa. I was here. Yeah, and I will see you guys next week. And uh, just so you know, let me let me see if I can if I can do all this without messing things up. I'll mess. He's gonna mess up. I'll mess up. Follow me on Twitch at www.twitch.tv forward slash Reeton. Follow me on Twitter at www.twitter.com forward slash Reeton. Buy stuff from Green Man Gaming in the link below. If you do and you're a first time buyer from Green Man Gaming, I get 5% of that of the money that's spent. So you'd actually be supporting me. Uh, if it, if you already have an account and you bought stuff there before, I will get 2%. Uh, you can follow Jerry Corcoran at PXAbstraction or PX Media on Twitter. Yeah, PX Abstraction or PXA Media on Twitter. PXA Media. And then yep. it's PX Abstraction on YouTube. Yes, it and, is. And you don't and, really uh, do Twitch. I will hope to be again once I get a once this new PC is built. I'm hoping I'll have the capability to sw- to stream to both places at once. So, okay. but I'll let people know when that happens. Right. Uh, yeah. You can follow Connor at Nemesis zero three two zero. Aroa is at Aroa on Twitter. Yep. Uh, Roa1337 on YouTube. Yep. And Roa1337 on Twitch. Yep, and I've actually been doing Twitch more lately. Oh, have you? Have you got yeah. any new followers? No. Oh, I don't okay. know. I don't even have the I don't even have the chat open. Oh, okay. Uh, my computer can't quite handle having Chrome open at the same time as everything else. God, don't your Chrome sucks. Just don't I don't use know. Chrome. It 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 doesn't it's it's because Twitch, I guess, still uses Flash for their IRC client. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Twitch still uses Flash for... That's why it sucks so many balls. Yeah. Yep. Uh, They they have HTML5 video now, but... They do. They need to switch to HTML5 for their chat, which I'm presuming is in the works. Or just JavaScript. I'm presuming that's in the works. I'd imagine. I I mean, if I wasn't lazy, I could just hook up to it with an IRC client, but I'd have to install an IRC client. Fuck it, I don't care. You can also, um, with XSplit now, link the chat from your uh, from your Twitch stream and put it into... I don't know, there's there's an add-on for OBS that lets you do that too. It's just, again, I'm, I'm lazy. Just do it, it's easy. No one watches me anyway. I watch you. I come in and I'm like, hey, a row is a faggot. And then I leave. Yeah. That's, that's exactly every time I go into your stream, that's what I do. That is exactly what you do. Except I was, there was the one time that we played Jackbox. Yeah. That was pretty and, fun. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. The more, the more recent time was awful. It was it, terrible. Yeah. But uh, that, that was multiple reasons for that. John was here. Yeah. That's the main reason. Uh, but anyway, thanks again, guys, for being here, and I will uh, bug you guys next week and probably throughout the week while I'm bored at work. Yep. Okay. Okay. Bye. Alrighty.